Hello, I'm Avery or Hazel or Kylie. You can just pick one. I don't care. Hello, I am Lily. And welcome to the From the Closet podcast. Today we are covering the seven deadly sins. Uh, Lily, what season is this? Uh, season four. Okay. On Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so today we're covering the seven deadly sins season four. Uh, if you'd like, obviously this podcast will contain spoilers for said season. If you'd like to avoid them, there will be a link in the description below to the Just Watch page for this series, which itself will have links to all the places you can rent, purchase, or stream this series, with price comparisons for renting and purchasing. For us here in the U.S., it's AKA available for Netflix. I mean, for us here in the U.S., it's available for streaming on Netflix. And it's that might not Netflix last forever, original. because Netflix might die in a couple of years. We don't know. Eh. I mean, what if Spotify just dies in a few years, and then poof, goodbye at all of our episodes? Well, no, I don't know. YouTube that... also likes to uh, get Jagus grave too. I mean, even if Spotify dies, we have a backup of all of our episodes, two backups, because like YouTube, Spotify, and Mega are not going to all go down at the same time. <laughs> I mean, unless if like the internet just dies at once. Eh, it's uh, now, this that's isn't the dystopian future. Uh, um, this is right this made. is not the fifth wave. <laughs> but anyway, Unless Reto already was made. Anyway, uh, so obviously Netflix, blah blah blah. Also in the description, you'll find a link to our, to our Patreon where you can vote on future episodes of the show, as well as get access to episodes before they release, as well as early access to episodes of our sister show. Off the Shelf, which is about books, and is exclusive to YouTube and Patreon. Also in the description, you'll find a link to Anchor.fm, which is now Spotify for Podcasters, which itself will have links to every platform this podcast is on, as well as links to our Instagram and Twitter, where you can be notified when we release new episodes. And it will be a cold day in hell before I call Twitter X, and hell does not exist. Huh. So wait, why did you say that? Uh, nah, have I not, not explained to you about how even though I'm Christian, I don't believe hell exists. I don't. Maybe though, I forgot. No, nah, well, mm, whatever. It's not important. Anyway, speaking of future episodes, join us next week for Bolt and Agents of Shield season seven, and you can join us next month for. The Dragon Prince, book three, I believe. And then in another month for, I believe, season five of this show. And I think that's the last season, right? Oh, yeah, season five, yeah, last season. Uh, good. Alright. Please get out if you'd like to avoid spoilers, because we are going to start talking about this series now. Something I just remembered. I forgot to look something up. Okay, well, look it up. Whoops. I gotta say, I, w I most definitely would have stopped watching this series by now if it weren't for the podcast. And it's not that I hate it, per se. I just... Okay, for starters, I have no attachment to this show. I don't really care that much to see where this goes. And then also... It is just next to impossible to get my head around the power levels of these characters because it seems like the power levels of these characters just shift whenever the story feels like it. <laughs> and like yeah. I don't I don't feel like these characters e either consistently have the same level of power or show any kind of growth like it feel just for Meliodas, just for for an example, when the story wants him to, Meliodas, it, like when the story wants him to be, Meliodas is extremely powerful. Nothing can stand up to him. He's like no, nothing close can like even touch him. And then when the story wants him to, like wants him to be, he's like getting ragdolled. And I'm like. The, the character that he's fighting 
doesn't seem to be more powerful than the main villain of even season one. And so, that's what frustrates um, me thing- about this show so much. It's like, I don't get these power levels. They seem to fluctuate more than fucking Rhode Island shoreline. Well, to be fair, that's kind of the point. Um, I think even when power levels were introduced in the series, they say that it can fluctuate quite a bit. You know, based on, you know, a person's energy level, what they fucking ate in the morning. It's never a set in stone thing. Why... And that also probably explains why they gloss over it so much. I feel like I they gloss really over just... it because they don't want you thinking, like, about how powerful these characters really are. Like, they tell you, they straight up tell you Escanor is more powerful than Meliodas, but I guess that's not true because... <laughs> I mean, Meliodas straight up fucking defeated him. At near full power. Actually, Escanor won that fight. And then he lost. But also, again, that, um, fluctuating. That was Meliodas at his most powerful in assault mode. You know, the one, um, destined to become the next Demon King. Meliodas doesn't use his power because it, you know, he'll become that. And then there's, God, the whole, the whole mess with what everyone is. It's like, particularly Gother, I just kept getting frustrated with that whole story of like how, Goth, the original Gother was a demon and a member of the Ten Commandments and created the doll to interact with the world. But then, like, the doll fell in love and then, like, somehow had its memories erased. I have no idea why you're saying somehow that... That was probably the most well-clear and defined thing in the show. How? Because, like... To to erase the pain, Gother erased his own memories. Like, if we've seen, Gother has power over memories. And the mind. He shut himself out from his own memories thereby shutting himself out from his own heart. But then, like, his heart was also a physical thing. How did he lose that? Okay, that's... So, for the longest effing time, I just assumed that the heart... Like, the heart magic, and I'm saying that quotation mark, just absorbed itself into Gother after enough time. However, um, actually, one of the episodes, the one where Gother gets back his heart, um, there's a post-credit scene, which I never seen before, talking about how Gother just always had the heart magic within him, and that was just something like a reminder. That's all I don't it know. was. It was, it was a little annoying. Um, the reveal... Okay. So there's a reveal in this season, like, about the curses placed on Meliodas and Elizabeth. And... I'm a little bit annoyed by it. I won't lie. Because the idea of two lovers or former lovers, one being immortal and one being cursed with reincarnation, is something I have seen 
at least five times already. I'm sorry, what? Yes. It is a lot more common than you think. I mean, I of course I've seen cursed lovers before, but never something like this. There are times where it's like, okay, this might be the first case of like, they are destined to fall in love every single time that mm. I've seen. Because usually when I see something like, like, the first time I saw something like this, um, like, they were both normal humans, they, and then one of them died, and the other tried to save them by, like, manipulating the gods, and, mm. like, that's what got her cursed to be immortal, uh, while he was still dead. Um, but then, later, she tried to lead humanity in, like, a revolution against the gods. Like, she hmm. literally lied to, like, other humans, saying, like, she stole immortality for the, from the gods and shit. Tried to lead humanity in a revolution against them, and they literally were like, here, let's press the genocide button. And they killed everybody except for her. Damn, I love the genocide button. <laughs> there, there, there was no actual button. I'm just rephrasing yeah, no, everything I, for, I, for comedy. But yeah, um, eventually, I, I, I don't know how. They don't explain it, but it's probably like evolution or some shit. Um, humanity's back. And the gods are like, the gods take this guy out of the afterlife and we're like, hey, the uh, the woman you loved is still out there. She's not the same as she used to be at all. And uh, we're going to, like, allow you to, like, reincarnate and shit. Um, it, it was a whole mess, but he's like, it, he, he was given the goal of, like, Br unite humanity together um, hmm. so that when the gods return like humanity the gods left the planet after they killed everyone and were like hey like if humanity is united when we come back then we will deem your planet is worth existing but Saving? if you're still fighting amongst yourselves we're just gonna wipe everyone out again Fun. Yeah. And then, like, also, her curse is, like... Her curse was specifically worded in such a way that it actually can be removed. Though, hmm. like, by her own actions. But his is not. Um, her curse was, like, something like... I have... It, it, I think the wording was, like, I have made you immortal. You must learn... The di the value of life and death. Only then may you rest. I'm guessing she doesn't didn't do that. No, she's like the main villain of the show, even currently. Um, but the show's still ongoing, huh. so. Oh, that's interesting. So, I mean, what I find so interesting about uh, this curse is not. I mean, not only that they're cursed to, you know, fall into each other and love each other, Meliodas will always um, uh, witness her dying. And then, didn't they contradict that by saying, like, in her third life or whatever, she, like, completely lived out the whole thing, never gaining her memories back? Um... I don't see how that's a contradiction. Because they said, like, she they'd fall in love, she'd regain her memories, and then die in three days. Like, that was supposed no, to be the curse. No, it's not a... No, that's not part of the curse. It was if she uh, regained her memories. Not she will. 
she, and that's uh, that's why that could happen. It was only if she regained her memories, uh, then she'll die in three days. Though I think, and it was never mentioned, but I always had a theory that even if she doesn't regain her memories, Meliodas will still watch her die. Because even in the scene where she becomes old, he's right there next to his death, next to her deathbed. Hmm. So there's this other scene where they're hmm. telling the rest of the seven deadly sins about these curses, and I don't know if this is just a translation issue, but the way it's phrased doesn't seem hmm. to quite match with the reaction. Because Meliodas specifically says, my immortal life ends. And it's not clear if that means he would just die instantly or just resume aging. And um. the way Deanne reacts leads me to think he would die instantly. But I don't know. <laughs> I Well, one thing, like, I think that was also set up to Deanne later in the season feeling immense guilt over what she's done. And I'm also not, because I know the answer, and I'm not sure if I want to tell you or just let you um, experience the answer for yourself in the next season. I'm just wondering if this, like, if this uh, vagueness, that's the word I'm looking for. I'm, I'm just wondering if this vagueness existed in this dialogue in the original Japanese, or if this is just a quirk of the dub. And then, like, you know... There are hmm. things that you Fuck, complained about. Remember. There, There's like a thing you complained about earlier, um, well, yesterday, uh, about like how the episode titles were different. And like, to me, that's just like the dub team, the sub team. Like, <laughs> yeah, tends, it, it tends to happen all the time in anime. <laughs> No, I hate how I noticed it. Like, I have gone the entirety of watching this show without noticing it, and then I noticed it once. But yeah, I don't know. Like, this show, it really does frustrate with frustrate me with never be feeling like I can understand how powerful uh, these characters are. And, like, who's actually stronger than other characters or whatever. Like, I, I'm cool so I with, like... I do want to... I, I'm, I'm cool sorry. with, like, Eskinor's fluctuating power level. Because, like, they actually give a very rock-solid explanation for why his power fluctuates. That one makes perfect sense. But the other characters, I do not understand at all. I mean, there's another thing about this where I just... The characters um, just gain power level like it's candy. Yeah, they gain it, and then they also lose it. That's the thing. It, or, or at least it seems like they lose it. Because when uh, they go up against like, opponents yeah. who, to me, feel weaker than some of the opponents we saw in Season 1 or Season 3. Um, so I don't know. I guess, okay, the best way to describe it is that you can summon more of your power, but of course that just makes you more exhausted. If you're already exhausted, you can't use as much as your power. You One know, thing I will say, though, is like, I'm, I'm glad that they finally took advantage of Bond's immortality, even if it meant writing him out of the rest of the season. Which, to be fair, I think when you have a character who is immortal, you kind of need to do that sometimes. And um, I also did get one thing wrong 
he was only written out of this season. I'm pretty sure actually he returns quite early into the next season, but what? Well, well, I should hope so because like the whole thing of yeah, like Meliodas is like he he's got to stop Elizabeth from dying, and they've got what two days left to do that, maybe less. Around that, yeah. Well, yeah, they're in, like, the dawn of the second day, maybe noon. Er. Actually, yeah, that would still be right. I also just really don't like how seasons in this show... Seasons in this show just straight up feel like they end. Um, like, randomly. It's like, oh, oh, we're done? Uh... Okay, I thought there was more. I don't know. I mean, with like, this one, um, they, I don't know how to say, like, you know, they defeat, who the hell was it again? Sorry, like, you cut out a lot there. No, yeah, no, they defeat... Um, well, they feed someone, the, um, the brother of Meliodas, that's not, um, the cool one. They defeated Estorosa, who I didn't really care Wait. that much for as a villain, I'm gonna be honest. What do you think about Estorosa? Like, yeah, just I don't as know. a villain. I didn't care for Estorosa at all. And whoever the fuck that was that was with him when he woke up <laughs> was... Got and by a cat. Yeah. Uh, regardless, she was extremely fucking cursed. That made me uncomfortable. Like, that's some, fur that's some furry IRL shit. Estorosa is a very interesting character. And his involvement in season, the next season is very, very mindfucky, actually. So here's something that I know that, well, okay, I don't know for sure, but I just get mm. this feeling that they're going to do in season four. They're gonna do this thing where they kill that one Ten Commandment who's like a snake inside of a test tube right now. And somehow they're gonna keep Elaine alive even though she's supposed to die when that demon dies. Because they established that this season that, she, that Elaine will die if that demon also dies. I probably, I probably put also in the wrong space there, but still, they very clearly established that. That if the demon dies, so does Elaine. So, I get the feeling that in season four, that demon's gonna die, or uh, in order to get, like, its commandment season absorbed five. or whatever. But, uh, I, I don't know, it's... And then, like, y'all introduced... King Arthur in season one. Don't have him pull Excalibur until this season, and then you have him immediately get ragdolled when he pulls it. Like, cool. Like, never mind that the sword is supposed to guarantee victory, according to legend, but... Supposed to guarantee victory. We're up against demons. And Chandler. And then, like, He's... I, I, I can't tell if he's dead or not. I'm giving you a maybe on that one. Oh yeah, and uh, they also just give you like a reveal that Merlin's actually a little girl. Cool. That makes Escanor's crush extremely fucking weird. Yeah, though, there's another thing where 
technically she's... I'm following the anime trope, but technically she's 3,000 years old, somewhere around there. But, of course, I, I just figured that Infinity just stopped her from aging. Dead stop. So, yeah, but... she is completely um, uh, immortal. Yeah, but the problem I have is the way Escanor was acting when she literally looked like a little girl. Also, you have to remember, Escanor's personality is very weird. Prideful, as you would say. Especially when the real Escanor is nothing but. And then, um, you know, multiple times this season we see King in his, like, other form, I guess. I don't really know how to just, how to say it. Just, like, the more bloated form. Yeah. And every time we see that, I'm I'm just left thinking, how did this crew hang out for so long before, like, the whole ordeal that happened that was, like, the setup for season one? How did they hang, hang out for so long and King never revealed his true form? Oh, armor. I believe the implication was that most of the time they were um, wearing armor. I mean, that's actually how no one knew uh, Gother's true form. Though, of course, Captain uh, Meliodas just straight up knows everyone. And then the whole thing, like, okay, apparently Meliodas, um, like, has known Merlin the longest. I'm talking about of the sins here, not in general, because, of course, he's known Elizabeth for, for, for longer. Um, yeah. And, like, okay, like, I don't think she's 3,000 years old, I think. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Like that, she could have been around at the same time as the Holy War. I'm not certain about that. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. This show kind of feels like it's it throws story beats at the wall, and then they're like, okay, now now that all these story beats are on this wall. Let's just take a piece of string and let's connect them all. And make it up as we go along. I do wonder if that's, like, really what happened. Ah, sorry. I do wonder if that's what happened, like, when it was, like, when they were making the manga. Though, at least for me, I always, I, I do see this as, like, one consistent narrative. Even if it does seem like they got a little bit drunk sometimes. I feel like they were drunk like a majority of the time. But maybe that's just my personal take. Because, like, we have a fucking vampire on... race now. <laughs> Or vampire cat? I don't know what the fuck that thing is. That's freaky. Oh yeah, them. Which, if I'm oh, and, being and, and let's honest, not might just been explained in a movie. And let's or also not in forget a movie better. Let's not. Let's also not forget that we have the goddess race, which also has males, even in the highest ranks. So why is it called the goddess race specifically? Yeah, I don't know. But 
one of the biggest things to mention is that the goddess race do not are not really gods. They're more like advanced angels. Though that's actually good. So remember at the beginning of the episodes where I forgot I t to look up something. Mm-hmm. So we already know that um, Meliodas is the son of the Demon King, right? Yeah. And I, it was I don't know if it was mentioned very briefly, but the supreme deity is um, Elizabeth's mother. Who never gets mentioned again. That is the most tragedy thing about this, the most tragic thing about this series. There is, you know, we deal with, you know, the Demon King, we never even see the Supreme Deity. We did see the Supreme Deity, though. Okay, like well, we don't see them any time other than that. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I was like, wait, they showed her in a flashback where, like, she cursed Meliodas, I think? Because I'm pretty sure, like, the Supreme Deity cursed Meliodas and the Demon King cursed Elizabeth. I, yeah, that, I believe that's how that happened. Yeah. And there's just, like, nothing... We, I don't, if it, okay, sorry, I should probably formulate this better. There's nothing in this anime that gives us any more information about the Supreme Deity. There cool. might be something in, like, the original manga. There might be something in the next series that they made that's about their kids. I don't know. However, that's just what this is this the this anime that ended at season five does not mention anything about the supreme deity other than this season okay yeah that's that's pretty disappointing because to me i was expecting season five to go in the direction of like, they have to fight off both the demon race and the goddess race. Because to me, they both seem pretty damn evil this season. Yeah, no, the goddess race are asses. Though, I mean, luckily, they don't have their true form and... Um... Only three of them are currently here right now. So, just one other question. There is one character I enjoyed a lot this season, <laughs> and I'm curious how the fandom, like, has responded to her. How do people generally feel about Derriere? You're, I'm sorry, but you're actually asking the wrong person. I am actually just absent in the community. I watched the series, and that's basically it. I felt like Derriere was a pretty interesting character. Like, by far the most interesting character this season, for me. I will be on, like, what happened to her um, in this season... I honestly want to say it's probably one of the most tragic things that happened this season. Yeah, like... But... Holy hell. Okay, so she joins the Ten Commandments, and then the goddess race kills... Uh, one of the archangels just fucking murders her sister right in front of her. Um... She sacrifices her heart to become Endura, which, frankly, I've found kind of dumb. But whatever, that's a whole thing. Um, and then, like, Elizabeth and 
I, I, was it just Elizabeth that saved her? Elizabeth started it, but um, t the two other um, archangels that weren't the asses, um, Mael, um, helped her. And obviously Meliodas kept Mael away from them. Mael, what a fucking ass. But anyway, um, she gets, she and some other, uh, some other commandment get saved by Elizabeth, and they then live for thousands of years, come back to Earth, because presumably this is Earth, I mean, it's, like, literally the place that they're, um, like, the the world map we're seeing literally looks exactly the same as the United Kingdom, and they're literally calling it Britannia, which is a very common fantasy name for the UK, so... Huh. I never knew that. But, yeah, uh, continue. Yeah. Um, so... Like, you have that, and then Esterosa shows up, and then kills her companion as he's about to, like, se Monster. seemingly as he's about to, like, profess his love to her. And she's like, oh, I, right. it, she didn't care for the goddess race at all, but she didn't seem willing to fight Elizabeth after Elizabeth saved her. <laughs> Yeah, um, she just didn't know where else to go. Yeah, I, I don't know. I found her interesting. I can't remember if she made it out of this season alive or not, but... I believe she does. There, okay. Though... There are also some bits of... A, attempted comedy in this season that annoyed the shit out of me. Because... They felt they they just were not funny. There were plenty of funny what? moments, but there were some moments that I just cringed so oh, hard okay. at. Yeah. Um. So the first one, King and Deanne saw each other naked, and there was the whole yeah, thing about that whether was just, um. That's just obligatory. Um. Haha, ha, standard anime trope moment. Yeah, and then they have this whole conversation about whether or not King has balls. You know, I don't want to know the... Um, um, sorry, I just can't think of the word right now. Um, whatever, just... The insides, how inside of working, how fairy... Yeah, I don't know. It, it was just also, cringy. How can they fly without and then, wings? And then you have the, the other one that really stands out to me as being like extremely cringy is hmm. when Gloxemia and Droll lose their commandment mark, and Droll's like, "Oh, mine was on my butt cheek. Can you check to make sure if it's gone?" I just always, I've actually wondered. Like when I was rewatching that scene, is if um, there was actually an animation or just drawing error, and they just never shown his mark, so they had to quickly explain that with, "Oh yeah, it's just on his butt." I don't know. I feel like this was I, just. I never an got attempt. that confirmed. I I don't know. That could just been a fucking lame ass joke. But I did always wonder. I mean, knowing knowing anime, it just in general, I feel like it was a lame ass joke. Yeah, though it did make me wonder. Like, in order for that to be true, we had to never see in Droll's um, marks throughout the entirety of the season. Not. Season two, season three, and this season. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't. But whatever. I digress. But yeah, like, I kind of hope we're, like, I kind of hope after season five, we're just done with this franchise. Like, even if there's, like, more, like, from what you've told me, there's, like, a series with their kids, I don't want to cover it. Well, um, for, I don't really want to watch it either, but luckily, that's just manga right now. There might, we might return to this franchise again through movies. Maybe. I've never actually decided on that. Are the movies canon, or is it like most anime where the movies aren't canon? I honestly have to look that up. And if I, my most honest, um, opinion, I do feel like it would be a mix. Like, some could be, like, some are canon and some aren't. Oh, great. So it's confusing as shit. Cool. Then again, it all just could just not be canon and we can all just, uh, live our happy-go-lucky lives. Yeah, and then there's situations like The Future Diary, where there is one movie... And not only is it canon, it's the end of the series. Like, you get to the end of the anime, huh. and you're like, what the fuck? Where's the ending? It's in the movie, which isn't dubbed. Great! Yeah, the rest of the, yeah, the rest of the anime is dubbed, but the movie isn't. <laughs> but is it subbed or fan-subbed? It's subbed. Official? or Yeah, fan? like, it, it has an official subs, it's just, oh, okay. the movie doesn't have a dub at all. I mean, I mean, I, I can go with um, an official sub. Just the fan subs can be um, unreliable at best. I mean, official subs can also be pretty unreliable. <sighs> yeah, that is true. I didn't even consider that. Oftentimes, fan subs are better than official ones. From... My experience. I think it's fan mm, dubs where you been, really um, get into... Ventured out. I think it's fan dubs where you really get into stuff where it's like, this is bad. Oh, yeah, no, I guess I'm just... I think I'm just thinking about fan dubs. Well, it's a one-parody video. I never really... I don't watch anime that often, so I guess um, my opinions don't really mean much. You want to know what's one of the most annoying things to me? Hmm. So, this does not make sense to me at all. So, you know the, okay. you know the show Ruby? Uh, correct. Okay, so, it's an American-made TV show. It has Got a it. Japanese dub. Correct. For some reason, fans have created a fan dub of the Japanese version of the show. Is this just Power Rangers again? No, see, Power Rangers... Like, no. Power Rangers is a completely original show made with footage from another show. This is a English fan dub of the Japanese dub of an already English show. I have questions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's dead now. Like, thank God. Just like every fucking Ruby Abridged project that's ever been started. Holy shit. There have been so many attempts at Ruby Abridged and they all died. And it wasn't like from Rooster Teeth or anything like that. They just all stopped working on it. There was even one that only had one person working on it and doing all the voice acting, and even they quit. <laughs> I mean, I can understand why. Yeah, like, no matter what, even if you have one person or you have a huge team of people, making an abridged series is really fucking hard and takes incredible amounts of work. Which is why I think Dragon Ball Z abridged 
is amazing. Even if it but didn't finish wonder... Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah, but I do wonder if um, a lot of it also has... Because you didn't mention, like, Ruby does have a interesting fandom, I'll say that. Yeah, that's that's the other problem. The Ruby fandom is... Well, has gotten to be an incredibly toxic place. And I think the reasons for that is, for one, like, it has become increasingly popular on YouTube to make hate content for pretty much any medium. Like, and it, like people make tons and tons of money just hating on the MCU on YouTube uh, and all kinds of other stuff. And it makes them a lot of money. Ruby is a free series on the internet and was on YouTube for a solid chunk of time. It's not on YouTube anymore, but like it got its start on YouTube for several seasons. Um, it would release simultaneously on YouTube and the Rooster Teeth site. So like, yeah, like this, it, it just makes sense that Ruby being so heavily um, be, like YouTube. the Ruby community being so heavily tied to YouTube would suffer the impact of this trend on YouTube a lot more. Yeah. And then like the tragedy of Monty Ohm dying, uh, Monty Ohm being the creator the tragedy of him dying just before season three, uh, like, aired, really does not help. And the controversies that have come out of Rooster Teeth as a company have not helped either. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, the Ruby community is a kind of a dumpster fire, and there's a reason I don't really engage with the fandom at all anymore. I used to, but it, I can't. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, did, like, I really did not expect that to happen. Yeah, I heard it. I just kept talking so that we wouldn't have to chop the recording up into two bits. But yeah. Okay, but I, I will have to um, edit it to um, uh, edit silence in that part. But thank you for talking. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I don't know. We'll probably discuss the whole thing more when we talk about Ruby. Because um, there are... Le I, I don't get it, but there are legitimately people out there who think the first two seasons, or the first three seasons, it, it varies, are the only good ones. And I seriously have to question what the fuck they're talking about. Because <laughs> the series only got better starting in season three. Maybe seasons four and five are a little bit weak, but seasons six, seven, and eight were all fucking amazing. And there are people who act like, like they're absolute up. shit. Like, bottom-of-the-barrel garbage is what some of the people are acting like. If you want to put, like, a comparison, it would basically like uh, if someone said that seasons one, two, and three of... Uh, um, oh my god, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the best and everything else is garbage. I have heard someone argue that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5 is garbage, but that's it. <laughs> In fact, I might actually be the one with a hot take by saying Season 2 sucks. Weird. Because I, I, it feels like a lot of people really, really loved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2. At least that's the vibe I got. I mm. did not. I, I hated the say real that it sucked. But, like, obviously, um, I feel like it's much better in the later seasons. Yeah, I still hate the real S.H.I.E.L.D. plotline. Not just be like, not, not only now just because it was annoying, but also because it has... No lasting impact on the rest of the show. Absolutely none. Their ringleader dies and everything collapses. Hooray! And, yeah, like, they, they go straight back to 
Coulson running everything, no group of people advising him or anything. So it's like, wow, okay, you did all of this for nothing. Cool. Stupid, I did annoying also introduce ass plot Inhumans. Yeah, they did Which introduce that... Inhumans, but that had little to do with the... It had little to do with the whole thing of, like, the real S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. Yeah. Also, we have gone so off-topic that we're also now at 50 minutes. Holy, when did that happen? Yesterday. What? <laughs> See, I love saying shit just to confuse you. <laughs> Yeah, we've definitely been recording this episode for more than 24 hours. Um, let me see if I, there's anything that we missed just from the, the um, season 4. Honestly, um, I have nothing more to say. It felt like the season ended too short and it felt like it felt like they were setting up a I keep wanting to say Dreyfus, but I know that's someone else. The other brother of Meliodas, the one who we, they didn't defeat this season. It felt like they were setting him up to be uh, to be the big bad of this season, but it turned out he wasn't. No. Um, the ultimate villain of this show... I mean, I guess it can be clear. Like, you've already... If I met, it's also the a weird word as well. So I'm just gonna, not going to say anything. Okay. Well, you want to um, get into our ratings then? Yeah, sorry, I almost thought you said our ratings. I almost thought I meant like critic ratings. Like, what critic ratings? They don't exist. No, well, yeah, do our we. ratings. Ah, uh, ah. Ah! <laughs> 7.5. Okay. 7.5, huh? Um, 8.7. Alright. Well, join us next week for Bolton, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, next month for The Dragon Prince Book 3, and, and the month after that for... Seven Deadly Sins Season 5, but until then, I've been Avery, that's been Lily, and we'll be seeing you.